Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump. Desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not. Which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, my friends. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted to be with you, all you podcast listeners. I just heard do 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 from Bob, Bob, podcast producer Bob Sloan, that he believes we will hit one and a half million podcast downloads by Halloween. Is that huge? Yes, it is. Wendy Bell, breaking news. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't coordinate that very well with you, Brock. I apologize. It just kind of vomited from within. But that's huge. If you haven't downloaded the podcast, love to have you. Wendy Bell Radio, where you get your favorite podcast. So in the last segment, hour number two of the show, we were talking about Bob Menendez, the senator from New Jersey, who's now been indicted along with his wife for dealing with businessmen and money to Egypt and all of these business deals right on the heels of Merrick Garland trying to tell us, no, you have it all wrong. There isn't there isn't one system of justice for Democrats and one for Republicans, one for the rich and one for the poor. Oh, bullcrap. Merrick Garland, you suck, period. And you were chosen because of your propensity to suck. So well-placed. But there's another story here. Bob Menendez's wife, apparently in 2018, in a vehicular manslaughter case for which she spent no time, no investigation. She was not breathalyzed. She wasn't tested. She wasn't interrogated. She was let go. Because if you are the squeeze of the highest-ranking senator in your state, well, you get to do whatever the hell you want, even if that means murder someone else. Well, you say to yourself, well, that's got to be a one-off. Like, that's, you know, how often does that happen? Well... You guys follow Alex Marlowe on uh, Breitbart News. He's written a book, Breaking Biden. Brock, you've been reading this. I started reading it, and I'm about two and a half chapters in, and the Bidens are dirtier than I ever thought 
they were. Give me one snippet of something that you thought was interesting, because you're, you're what you brought up about his brother and about how he their family. This has just not been today. Mm. All the ties between the Penn Biden Center, Delaware, mm. it's way more than what we even thought. It's disgusting. Absolutely right. And so we're going to give you tidbits as we find them. Here's the exclusive from Breitbart.com. Alex Marlowe's breaking Biden. Joe Biden covered for brother Frank after he was involved in a fatal hit and run crash. Crash. Now, is anybody out there surprised? There's a part of me that is sort of sort of surprised and then that side of me gets slapped by the other person who realizes that the Bidens suck. Joe Biden lost his wife and daughter in 1972 in a car accident. Not dissimilar to the car accident that Joe Biden 17 years later basically covered for his brother and allowed to just kind of get swept under the rug. These people don't care about you any more than they care about me. Probably any more than they care about one another. Here you go. This is the story. During the course of research for Breaking Biden, and this is written by Alex Marlowe, my new book that was released earlier this week, there were only a few moments that humanized the current president. Though I tried to locate the humanity in Joe Biden time and again, I was shocked at how infrequently I was able to do that. Are people, my friends, born empty and cold, perhaps vacuous? Are you born that way? Is that learned? Are you groomed by evil? Well, how does that happen? I, I can't fathom what any of these people do. And yet they do it with impunity and immunity. Though I had tried to locate the humanity in Joe Biden time again, I was shocked at how infrequently I was able to do that. I concluded that a key reason Joe Biden has a DGAF attitude is that he has faced personal tragedy so acute that it's hardly a surprise that being the subject of online ridicule doesn't phase him. And DGAF, you can imagine, don't give a you know. The first of those tragedies took place on December 18th in 1972 when his wife, Neelia Hunter Biden, age 30, and their infant daughter, Naomi, were killed in a car crash when their station wagon collided with a hay truck as they were out shopping for Christmas presents. His two young sons, Hunter and Bo, were badly injured, requiring extended hospitalization, but survived as it would have any human. The accident took an incalculable toll on Joe, and the country wept for him. Yet there was the one incident I came across, Alex Marlowe writes, during research for the book where Joe had the opportunity to show empathy for a family that suffered the same fate as he did all those decades ago, but instead he decided to cover for one of his corrupt brothers. I document several instances in the book where Frank Biden used his connection to his famous and powerful money to make ill-gotten cash. But the most shocking Frank Biden story involved a hit-and-run car crash. 
In July of 1999, Frank Biden let a young friend named Jason Turton drive his Jaguar to a concert at a tavern in Cardiff, California. Frank's Florida driver's license had been suspended, so he rode shotgun during the trip, controlling the stick shift himself while giving Turton instructions. At one point, they had the Jaguar humming along at over 70 miles per hour in a 35-mile-per-hour zone when they slammed into a pedestrian crossing the street. They drove off, leaving the victim to die at the scene. Two witnesses who were in the back seat during the car crash claimed that Frank Biden told Turton to keep driving after the fatal collision. The victim, Michael Albano, was a single father whose death death left behind two young daughters. Turton eventually pled guilty to felony hit and run, while Frank was hit with a wrongful death lawsuit in August 2000 by the guardians of the Albano daughters. Frank never showed up to the court to the courthouse for any of the hearings, and he refused to reply to any legal correspondence from the court, including a a court final judgment in September of 2002 that Frank owed each of the girls $275,000 for his role in the tragedy. Peter Schweitzer has reported in his book called Profiles in Corruption. The Albano girls eventually hired a private investigator to track down where Frank was hiding so he could accept service of documents. Investigators said they'd received information that Frank occasionally lived at his brother's house, Joe's house in Delaware, but they were unable to locate a bank account for Frank, who had become evasive. Eight years earlier in 2008, attorneys for their Albano sisters reached out to the soon-to-be Vice President Joe Biden in the hopes that he could help them collect the money Frank owed them. Even though Joe Biden's own wife and daughter were killed in an automobile accident. He seemed to show no empathy, no sympathy for the Albanos and did not respond to them. His chief of staff replied callously, quote, Senator Biden has received your letter of September 16 regarding a judgment by your clients against his brother Frank. The senator wishes to express his deep sympathy with the Albano daughters over their loss. Frank has no assets from which to satisfy the judgment. The senator regrets that this is where matters stand and that he cannot be more helpful. Joe's team covered for Frank, even when it meant denying orphaned girls what was rightfully theirs. Schweitzer believes Joe was being dishonest about Frank's ability to compensate the victims. Frank Biden was earning money, he reported. Indeed, seven days before Joe Biden's office sent that letter, his brother was slapped with a tax lien. From the IRS for $23,638.59 in unpaid taxes. In total, he owed more than $32,000 at the time, a clear indication that Frank had income. And in 2013, he paid off the tax lien in full with interest. Frank owed them, the girls, a debt of $900,000 in 2019. Less than a year after Schweitzer published the aforementioned letter, the Daily Mail reported that after two decades, Frank Biden had finally agreed to pay the Albino family some of the money. I, 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 on which of those levels are you surprised? You surprised? You surprised by anything anymore? But there's more. A little blurb. 
and I got to drop it on you. Do not go anywhere. You're tuned in to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Tell me what's on your mind. Well, that the Bidens suck. Maybe that's one for you. So just to bounce back and tie this thing up, as disgusting as it is, that Joe Biden would cover for his brother, Frank, who was involved in a fatal hit and run in which Frank was was heard saying to the driver, just keep going by two other dudes in the car, right? That Frank would not pay a judgment to the daughters of the victim of the hit and run accident. The money that they won in a settlement. No, 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 Joe Biden said through his spokespeople because he's too much of a wuss, white bread, vanilla, Melba toast, hack, namby-pamby zero to, to grow a pair and be like, oh my gosh, we've got to make this right. I lost my wife and daughter, said anybody who has a functioning heart or a brain. How do we make this better? How do we solve this? We don't make it better because we've killed somebody that you love, but we can pay you what is owed. No, 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 no. With interest, Frank owed the girls a debt of $900,000 in 2019, less than a year after Peter Schweitzer published the letter in the Daily Mail reported that after two decades, Frank Biden had finally agreed to pay the Albano family some of the money. Meanwhile, As he avoided this particular financial obligation, Frank was out hustling using the family name. So surprising. Throughout Joe's vice presidency, 2009 to 2017, for example, Frank was a deal maker in several complex international real estate development schemes in Costa Rica and Jamaica, putting himself in a position to get access to substantial U.S. government funding dedicated to those countries now you can see the cdc getting solar powered picnic tables with 3.3 billion dollars in our money that's the more overt way of slapping you in the face and saying how do you like us now right the scummy backroom deals that have been hidden for decades those are the ones where they really got rich also in Breaking Biden, Alex Marlowe's new book, he documents a charter school company that Frank oversaw that bagged federal grants. It failed students, but Frank certainly has enough in his coffers to fly around in private jets, ostensibly on the job of promoting the schools. How is this any different than today? Frank used his last name to score deal after deal he otherwise never would have gotten like many other Bidens. He also behaved recklessly in his personal life, like many other Bidens. This is all newsworthy, even scandalous. But what is truly shocking is that Joe Biden would aid in this particular cover-up after having endured the life-altering tragedy that he endured. Is it possible to be that cold? To be that distant, that dark, that vacuous as a human being. Is it the same kind of cold and dark indifference to paraglide into a 
music festival with guns and mow down innocent people who have no connection to you or to behead a child or to gang rape women before executing them in front of their boyfriends and husbands kidnapping human beings there is a level of depravity and indifference to something I think you and I hold so dear, intrinsically dear, which is what we fight about with this abortion debacle, this cavalier nature that life isn't valuable, that you're just a number. And I hope Democrats are awakening to that because you're being used. You're being played. You're being conned. And you're falling for it year after year after year despite the crime despite the gaps in education and the chasm of achievement and ability particularly among our public school kids and this is the group that wants you to get behind the mutilation of our sons and daughters bodies because that's gender affirming care I mean, is there one issue, one thing that these clowns get behind that doesn't suck? I don't think so. And that is why, my friends, the FBI had to change the rules to make sure you, you MAGA Republicans who politically believe in the same things I do, can be arrested and thrown away just like the January 6th defendants. They've codified it. Just like Rush Limbaugh said. And we're going to talk about the new terrorists. Americans who love America. Buckle up, friends. It's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Interesting Emerald Robinson tweet over the weekend. I always liked her. This is what she tweeted. See all these GOP influencers crying this week on their shows. And she's talking about the Mark Levins, the Sean Hannity's, the Mike Huckabee's, Newt Gingrich's and Brian Kilmeade's bread bears of the world. McCarthy was paying some of these pundits to support him when he was speaker. Wait, what? Some people were paid $1,500 per tweet. The bigger names in media were probably being paid much more. What? Is anybody out there surprised by this? Speaker McCarthy, then Speaker Kevin McCarthy, saying to people out there in media, in sucky hackmore media, I'll pay you to cover for me. I'll pay you to support me. I'll pay you to say this line. 96%. Somebody wrote that. Somebody wrote it and put it out with the talking points. It's like the same somebody who put out the response to 9-11. Or 9-11. January 6th. I can't believe. What a threat to democracy. It's an insurrection. All of these people on Fox, on CNN, MSNBC, all these outlets saying the same thing. Seems so odd. 
because we didn't get the talking points. Thankfully, I'm not on their email chain. Can you imagine being paid? And, and what kind of money is Kevin McCarthy using? I hear he also is paying people inside the Republican Party, i.e. Lauren Boebert. More than $100,000 in this or that for her campaign coffers. Get behind me. What happened to Marjorie Taylor Greene, by the way? Where'd she been? She disappeared. She was all hot and bothered for, for January 6th defendants. We liked that. We paid attention to her. She, Matt Gates, Louis Gohmert. They were all about digging into what happened in the prisons, in the D.C. gulag. How are people actually being treated? And then all of a sudden, she vanished and got really close to Kevin McCarthy. Huh. Well, I think that will be worthy of our review and paying attention. We will, and I hope you do as well. The more of us, the better. Interesting article from Newsweek. And I wanted to drop it on you. One, yes, it is a staggering, random act of journalism. Odd. But this is disgraceful and purposeful. And this is our war, our war internally here in America. Exclusive. Donald Trump followers targeted by FBI as 2024 election nears. Now, this was making headlines over the last week. But I haven't seen Newsweek jump into something with such tenacity in a while, which I found intriguing. See, the new, the new enemy, ladies and gentlemen, the new domestic terrorist, the new threat, is anybody who loves America, anybody who believes in the Constitution, in the rule of law, in what the Founding Fathers believed in. All of it. If you do, you could be in the crosshairs of these yokels, and this is how it goes. The federal government believes that the threat of violence and major civil disturbances around the 2024 U.S. presidential election is so great that it has quietly created a new category of extremists that it seeks to track and to counter. Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. Didn't we all put this together about six months ago? Even before that. When Joe Biden came out and talked about MAGA extremism, MAGA domestic extremists, MAGA Republicans. We hear Hillary Clinton slither out of her hole of suck and say it from now and again, right? These are the mantra. It's the whole thing. 96% versus 4%. You hear the same things being pushed by the same kinds of people, and you know they're all on the same team. Now, the challenge for the FBI, of course, the primary federal agency charged with law enforcement, is to pursue and prevent what it calls domestic terrorism without direct reference to political parties or affiliations, even though the vast majority of its current anti-government investigations are of Trump supporters, according to classified data obtained by Newsweek. Very interesting. Quote, the FBI is in an almost impossible position, says a current FBI official. Again, who, blah, 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 anonymity, blah, blah, blah. The official said that the FBI is intent on stopping domestic terrorism in any repeat of the January 6, 2020 attack on the Capitol. But the Bureau must also preserve the constitutional right of all Americans to campaign, to speak freely and protest the government. Why now? Why should it matter now? You guys trampled all that on January 6th. 
I mean, didn't Bank of America trample all that on that night, too, when they gave out all of the fe- the financial information? Didn't Muriel Bowser on January 6th when she ordered all of the people locked inside their hotel rooms? Right? Well, why should we all of a sudden now give a fat rip about what it looks like? Because we all know what it is. It's political persecution and prosecution. And everybody who got sucked into the vortex of January 6th, even people who didn't even go there, who are, who are now serving years in prison for, for what purpose? Those were That was the test balloon. That was the trial balloon. That was like COVID before all of this nonsense. Let's see how far we can push people. How much can we take from them? Let's put something stupid on their face. Let's see. It's the greatest way to find how many people are complying. It's a very easy tool for us to determine, are we still scaring people sufficiently enough to have them wear the object of their obeyance? Yes, in fact, you can. Trial balloon. That was the test. How many people failed? What do you think January 6th was? What do you think going to Mark Houck's house and knocking down the door? What about going to California to Alfredo Luna's house? A guy, a Marine, a cop? who served with the highest awards, who represented law enforcement and the values of a safe and just United States with distinction. And they shook him down as his newborn daughter was inside the house crying, made them all stand outside at 5 a.m. Flashing lights, lots of muscle, all of the optics. So everybody in the neighborhood knows Don't you dare do this, because we'll come for you, too. Isn't this what the the warships, right? We're going to move our naval vessels out into the sea by the Gaza Strip, and we're going to show that we mean business, says the government that's probably in bed with Hamas. Is that a terrible thing for me to say? Yeah. Why else do you offer $6 billion dollars to Iran in exchange for what? Really? Right? Impossible position, my foot. Newsweek spoke to over a dozen current or former government officials who specialize in terrorism. Says a three-month investigation to understand the current domestic security landscape and to evaluate what President Joe Biden's administration is doing about what it calls domestic terrorism. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been terrorized domestically by fraudulent, rigged, and bogus elections. Look, people say, you can't say that. You're going to get sued. There's a lot of information out there that's never seen the light of day, right? Well, if I don't allow it to hit my courtroom, I can say I've never seen any evidence of election malfeasance, fraud or otherwise. Right. Merrick Garland. Brock, can you play that one more time for me? I'm going to give him a second to find it. But I want you to remember, this is the top law enforcement official of the United States of America lying purposefully through his teeth about where we are in America today. Listen. We do not have one rule for Republicans and another rule for Democrats. We don't have one rule for foes and another for friends. We don't have one rule for the powerful and another for the powerless, for the rich or for the poor. Mm-hmm. Right. 
In a statement to Newsweek, the FBI said the threat posed by domestic violent extremists is persistent, evolving, and deadly. The FBI's goal is to detect and stop terrorist attacks, and our focus is on potential criminal violations, violations and threats of violence, violence and threats of violence, anti-government or anti-authority violent extremism is one category of domestic terrorism, as well as one of the FBI's top threat priorities. Really? Anti-government or anti-authority violent extremism. So if you're not down with what's happening in our country, you're a threat. If you don't want to be told that you have to lock down again, wear a mask or get the 17th booster, you're a threat. If you're unwilling to pay your exorbitant tax bill because you think government sucks, you're a threat. They're greasing the skids, friends, and all of us know exactly what is going on. So the FBI is turning Trump supporters into terrorist targets with a new category of extremism that it seeks to track and counter Donald Trump's army of MAGA followers. And it's targeting strident Republicans with some of the same counterterrorism methods honed to fight Al-Qaeda. So you people who love America, who believe in law and justice and rules in the Constitution and carrying your lawfully owned firearm. You are the threat as the scores of young military-age men by the hundreds and thousands, if not millions, who've been allowed to come into this country, who've been invited here, who've been flown here, boated here, bussed here, trained here from the Biden administration for whom you pay. Want to kill you? Some do. Hell yeah, they do. But they're not the real danger. You know, you people who like the flag, you got to go. Welcome to the new America. You're listening to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Back right after this. So in the scale of suck, I'm going to say Lindsey Graham is uh, towards the top, right? He's pretty big suck worthy guy who's been a part of Congress for for the Senate for far too long. Member of the Uniparty flew right over to shake hands with Zelensky, got his picture taken with him. What a guy, what a hero, what a what a leader Lindsey Graham is. Hey, South Carolina, wake up. Get rid of this clown. God bless America. Got three audio sound bites from this clown. You got to hear him because he's going to tell Israel how Israel can fight back against Hamas, etc. This is what Lindsey Graham is projecting as the play. Go. So I've been on the phone all day to the Mideast and I've told our allies and people with connections to Iran what I would do. I would tell Iran that if Hezbollah attacks Israel, we're going to come after you, the Iranians, and have a coordinated effort between the United States and Israel to put Iran out of the oil business by destroying their refineries. There are four major refineries in Iran. They're fixed targets. If Hezbollah attacks Israel, I would make Iran pay a heavy price. Wow. Is that what this is all about? Is that what this is all? Is that part of what this is about? 
And does anybody actually think Lindsey Graham was on the phone with people in the Middle East and anybody gave a fat rip about what Lindsey Graham and his bloated self had to say about the machinations of war? Here's, here's what you need to do, see? Right? And then how about this? He's going to tell you, this is really, it's so astonishing to me. You know, yes, we're so pro-Israel, but something weird happened. Like, they totally were caught flat-footed. They didn't know. It was a, a failure. Really? Go. It's a major intelligence failure, uh, and we got to look at our own intelligence apparatus. How could this happen? You know, 9-11 happened, uh, uh, the Berlin Wall collapse, or a lot of things that we don't get before it happens. But Israel's been in a constant state of conflict, I'm surprised they were able to be this successful coming across the border uh, and it not be known beforehand. But instead of assigning blame, let's get it right. I expect Israel to go in on the ground in Gaza. That's going to be a hell of a fight. There is no time limit on this operation. There is no pulling Israel back. To my Israeli friends, do whatever you have to do as long as you have to do it to Iran. If this war escalates with Hezbollah, uh, we're all going to come after you. Wow. According, apparently, according to Lindsey Graham, we're almost one foot into a war. There's another one going on in Europe. How do we decide? Lindsey Graham apparently speaks for all of Congress. He sure does. And his verbal smokescreen. Pro-war. Pro-war. Isn't it amazing how all the hippies of the 60s and 70s who were like, don't do what war sucks are now like, war war like what happened to you people too much weed and finally this message to israel because i know everybody there is waiting holding their breath but what is what what does lindsey graham think go israel's not responsible for this hamas is a terrorist organization the iranians are religious nazis who want to destroy the jewish state and quite frankly get rid of a uh, Sunni Islam too. So I'm disappointed in Saudi Arabia and the Qatar statement was awful. Uh, there is nothing to justify here. Israel's the victim of the terrorist attack. They have every right to respond uh, accordingly. Well, thank goodness Lindsay's on it, ladies and gentlemen. He's, it looks like he's wearing a smoking jacket too. It looks weird. But look, I mean, anytime somebody like that says something that bold, Israel, will come help you. Hamas, we're going to come take you down. What? What? What are you doing? And how about this? The squad's socialist party rallying in support of Palestine. Hours after the Hamas terror attacks. Did you guys see what happened in Canada? And what Mike Pence had to say. Can we get Mike Pence up? I want you to hear Mike Pence. You know, let's not talk about terror. Let's not talk about Iran, the nucleus of terror. In the Middle East. Let's talk about, I don't know, Donald Trump, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Ron DeSantis, because this is their fault, he said. Go. I want to focus on what you had to say about some of your fellow Republicans. You said that this is what happens when leaders in the Republican Party signal Americans retreat as leader of the free world. Weakness uh, arouses evil. Are you talking about your former running mate? 
Well, I am, but let me begin at where, where we ought to start. I mean, that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan has emboldened the enemies of freedom around the world. And now war is raging uh, in Eastern Europe. And, and President Joe Biden's kowtowing for the last two and a half years to the mullahs in Iran, lifting sanctions, begging them to get back in the Iran nuclear deal, and then uh, paying $6 billion in a ransom uh, for hostages, I, I think set the conditions. Yeah, I don't know if we actually heard uh, him say that, but he's going to talk about all of his running mates. This is going to be all for them. This is their fault. What are you talking about? And meanwhile, in Canada, this is the country that locked down and shut the froze the bank accounts of the Freedom Convoy folks who just basically wanted to be able to choose for themselves and their families if they wanted to get vaccinated or not. Let me do my job. And these truckers from all over join together. Well, apparently in Canada now, you can be a, 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 a militant supporter of Hamas and ride in a caravan in the streets, honking your horn, waving your flag, and nobody is going to do anything to you. This is where we are as our FBI now changes some of the rules and changes the verbiage of what is considered extreme, what is considered politically extreme in America, specifically with what? How many months? 13 months before the next presidential election, and we're going to start changing some of the definitions that the feds are going to use to go after people like you and me, and you're not supposed to know about it. Shh. Pay attention over here. Bob Menendez got caught with gold bars. Look at that. People don't like Matt Gates. Pay attention to that. They're bad people, right? Idiotic. And we're all over it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back here same time, same place tomorrow. Hope to see you then. Peace. <laughs>